Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast, brought to you by sportstalk.ie. Our podcast will be available every Monday covering the 2019 ladies football and camogie seasons. You can find our podcast on all online platforms by searching Sports Girls Podcast. Stay tuned to Sports Talk this year via the hashtag GAA Family as we continue our promotion of hurling, football and camogie. Joining me this evening is former Mayo captain, All-Star and All-Ireland winner Diana Hora. And we also have former Donegal captain Nadine Doherty. It's great to be back, girls. Um, Diane, how did the break go? Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, took it nice and handy over the Christmas, the usual. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, following all the results now after the, the league got kicked off again today. And yourself, Nadine, do anything uh, wild and wonderful? No, same as that. Just uh, re- recuperated there the last month since Christmas and work has been very busy. So um, it was nice to get the break and looking forward to the season ahead now. That's exactly it. On Tuesday, Lidl Ladies National Football League launch was on and it was amazing to see the interest and, you know, the amount of media that was there now and taking an interest in our leagues. Just talking to players and managers at the launch, and most of them think actually now that the league is more competitive than the championship. Nadine, would you agree with that? Yeah, it probably is. Um, you know, you'd, you'd see teams see it as more of a chance to blood new players um, while still being competitive at the same time. And just looking through all the divisions, um, they're highly, highly competitive. I mean, it, looking at Division 1 even there today, yeah. you know, Westmead um, give a massive shock I, yeah. I would have felt really yeah. to, to beat Manon not so much beating them a big shock by the scoreline yeah. I mean they really really so I mean they'd be happy with that but yeah just across all divisions it definitely is very 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 competitive um, and I think we'll see that as the weeks go on Yeah Diane yourself you know from, from managing in it and being involved in the last couple of years there's very little between teams in the league and it gives fantastic preparation to the championship yeah, and I think that's the beauty of having like the four divisions and the fact that each division has something to play for um, promotion or, you know, part of their ongoing development plan to get up to the next division. And I suppose unlike, you know, when you see the senior championship later in the year, the difference between one senior team, you know, at the top level to other senior teams is very broad. And, you know, by virtue of um, having most groups around the same level, um you know, in each of the four different divisions, it's, it just makes it really competitive. And it is, like what Nadine was saying, there is a great chance for getting players in, giving people, you know, opportunities to play. Like, all the games over the weekend, I was looking at the amount of subs um, being played. Like, you know, there's five and whatever number of subs coming on there for every team that played in all of these league games. So it's brilliant, like, for, for development, and it is very competitive. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to um, a county unearthing a star, and then we can follow them through the, the year. Looking at weekend's games, and we've just talked about a few of them. Nadine, I'll start with you. Um, your own county, Donegal, a great win um, yeah, in Dublin. Um, you know, against the Dubs, Karen Guthrie scored 1-4. She got player of the match. Like a fabulous win for Maxi himself and Karen um, were there the other day at the launch and they had to leave early. So I suppose the uh, preparations, you know, poor old Karen didn't stay for the dessert. She had a, a game to focus <laughs> on and it really worked. 
they were absolutely brilliant. Um, I watched it back there again today. Um, I, I felt they should have won by double digits. Mm. I think the scoreline probably flattered Dublin. Um, so they, got, they just worked extremely hard all around the pitch. You know, you could see their work rate. Um, even in, when they were keeping the ball with five minutes to go, Katie Heron was running as if it was the first five minutes of the match. Um, I just thought with them this year, they definitely worked in the off-season um, on their kicking. Um, it was brilliant to see. They just used the open spaces. Like, Maxi would have planned that to perfection, I'd imagine. And there was a very clear system in place there with Donegal, um, and everyone seems to have bought in. You mentioned Karen. She was absolutely outstanding. I was really, really impressed with Megan Ryan, um, the young under-16. She was under-16 Ulster Player of the Year last year, I think. And she behind out at 14, but she was all over yeah. the pitch. She was absolutely brilliant. And other new players, I suppose, who stood out, um, the goalkeeper, Ashley Nee, um, I think she's very young as well. She's a teenager. So composed because a lot of balls drop short um, on freeze. Very composed. Tara Hegarty in cornerback. She's Neve and Kira's younger sister. So she's the fourth Hegarty, I think, to play for Donegal. And she was fantastic. But just all over the pitch, they were brilliant. They broke at such pace. And they moved the ball with the foot brilliantly. Um, and that, as I said before, I think that was letting them down last year. So they've really improved on that. But they had four or five goal chances in the first half alone. Um, and they could have been home and dry. They were just fantastic. And I'd say, you know, looking at the team, I'd say Max was absolutely delighted with that result because the amount of young girls who made their yeah. debut, and they just slotted in there perfectly. You know, they really were brilliant. It's just so, the future is start. bright for, for Donegal. Oh, absolutely. Very bright. Um, you'd hope now that they, you know, go back to back yeah. with the win next weekend and really use the league. And, yeah. and getting to a semi-final, I think, will be brilliant for them this year. Before I talk to you, Diane, about Galway, um, that a six-point win over Cork, well done yourself. Uh, mentioning the, the Dublin-Donegal game, it was great to uh, hear your, your dulcet tones on, on the TV last night and a job well done. So, um, talking about Galway, they set a marker. Yeah, God, it was a, you know, a shock. Even just the, the halftime score, um, seeing it on Twitter, the Aja Fader tweeted it. Um, yeah, there was a big difference in there. But, you know, Galway, like, they, you know, they put up their panel during the week and they have a very, they have a very strong team, like, they have some of the Irish soccer players back, they have Maria yeah. Coyne back in there. Um, that's on top of the experience they already have with the likes of Tracy Leonard and so on. Um, so I think that there's, there's a huge future in Galway. And people have said that they tend to peak during the league, you know, and I suppose you can nearly start to believe that too when they, they come so far every year in championship to it, maybe, uh, quarterfinal, semi-final, and that's it. Like so, you know, something obviously does have to change in what they are doing in terms to push on that little bit more. And um, because you always see that, like you know, at the end of, I suppose, their their pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is obviously in All Ireland. And um, whereas it did pull off a great result against Cork, um, you know, you'd have to think that they'd be focusing more for trying to be more consistent later in the league and through championship. That's exactly it. You mentioned uh, Nadine, the Westmead win over Monaghan, beating them by 10 points. Um, Diane mentioned Galway having their soccer players back, and it's the same with um, Westmead, Lucy McCartan. She's a fantastic yeah. player. And Great she's player. A star for them today. Yeah, Lucy's a fantastic player. Um, when I was working with Westmead, we brought her into the panel that year. 
um, didn't have her as much as we wanted because obviously she had the soccer yeah. commitment and she probably still does. Um, but yeah, she got her goal. Um, and I think just judging by reports on that match, West Mees controlled the game throughout and I think it was over by a contest, at the contest by half time. Um, you'd worry for Monaghan at the minute. Um, they seem to be in a very bad place. You know, just looking at it and looking at the end of last year, they've kind of just picked up where they left off last year in the winter break. If you go by that result and performance today, it just doesn't seem to have served them well. And um, there's new management in, but yeah, you'd worry for Monaghan, you know, going forward. They haven't really had that production line of youth that they had for a long, long time. And um, they're not performing at underage in Ulster even. So yeah, I think it could be a tricky season for Monaghan. And um, we could see them in the bottom half of the table. Um, I feel when the, the end of the league comes around. Yeah, because you mentioned a new manager and I was actually talking to Niall the other day because he's only in a few weeks. So yeah, it's tough to yeah. get a panel, especially for Division 1, and to have a team ready to play oh, yeah. at that level. Yeah, you have to be you have to be back in October, November if you're going in Division 1. Um, so maybe, you know, if he gets, I suppose, the longer time he gets, he might get them together a little bit more, but it, it mightn't be enough time for the league. You know, you might see them improve and come championship. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely, you need that. You know, you need that time from before Christmas to get things right. Diane, your own county, Mio, men and ladies today had very good wins. Uh, the Mio ladies defeated and um, promoted Tipperary to 11 to 12 points. Um, I didn't get to attend the match today myself, um, but um, from somebody who was at it said that they actually could have walked away, they could have doubled their scoreline, that they missed an awful lot of chances and they really took their foot off the pedal in the second half. So Mayo, you know, could have really um, set down a marker today. Now, they did set a marker down, all right, obviously by the, the win and the amount of players that have been developed in the county in the last couple of months. Um, so it's really, really positive. I think having Dana Finn back in midfield, um, yeah. like she's an international basketballer, um, and she was captain of the team for the European Championships last year as well, I think for the schools are under 18s, I think. And like having her back in, she's a huge workhorse. Um, I think one of the standouts sort of by looking at the team sheet um, changes would be like Rachel Kearns, who's gone from every position in defence, keeper, and she played for forward today and scored, I think it was 1-5. Um, so she was taking the freeze as well in Sarah Rowe's absence. So that's really, really, really impressive. Um, and they had like seven different scorers as well. So I think that's, you know, that's really good from Mayo point of view. Um, to, as well as that, they made a lot of changes in the second half as well. So like, again, they were using the league to, to blood new players and to give experience to, to new girls coming in. So it's very positive. It's a great start and it's great to have three points on the board, you know. Tipperary be very ambitious. Yeah, because Peter, uh, talking to him on Tuesday at the launch, he was telling me about um, the number of players that he has in, and he was delighted himself with the number of players that have committed to Mayo this year. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's 16 clubs in total represented, um, you know, which is really fantastic. And that probably does lead to its own problems because some of them are so far away, like they'll come in. Um, Bell Mullet, you know, that, that side of the county, it's, it's about an hour and a half, two hours to even get to training on a, on a Sunday morning for, for those players. But, um, in saying that, it's a great spread for the clubs and it, it just, it just, it's also very good for all the communities and for, like, I suppose, football widespread in Mayo that there are so many clubs represented. 
Well, that's it. Um, and it, 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 it is great to see. We'll move on then to Division 2. Uh, Waterford had a good win over promoted Wexford, Cavan and Tyrone drew, with Tyrone coming back in that game. There was another draw, but a very high-scoring one between Clare and Kerry. And then Leash found the going tough against Armagh. They lost to them by 15 points. Nadine, overall, any scoreline or any results stand out for you? Um, well, scoreline was both impressive. Armagh putting up 5-13 yeah. away from home. Um, you know, I know Leash are just up, um, but Leash is always a hard enough place to go to and, and get a result for putting up that scoreline. Um, and yeah, the two draws, um, interesting, Cavan Tyrone. Obviously, Tyrone, you know, they're not taking the foot off the pedal, having won that Intermediate All-Ireland. Um, and they'd be focused, I'd say, on making a, a semi-final, maybe. Cavan, looking at last year, they got to the league final. They'd be disappointed, I'd say, if they don't push for promotion this year. So, yeah, overall, it seemed to be a good day. Very high-scoring day. And Clare and Kerry, I suppose, a, a monster derby. Clare, again, a really hard place to go and get a result. Um, but Kerry will be probably happy enough with that. Um, I could see them building well this year in Division 2, actually. Um, and possibly maybe going straight back up because they put in some really good performances in the championship last year, I felt. Um, and the change in management, they have a new manager in as well. Um, again, I think he's only in a couple of weeks and they went through a bit of a tough time last year in the league. So, yeah, I'd say our, our Kerry um, will definitely improve as the, as the league goes on. Yeah, Diane, Amanda Brosnan, the Kerry captain, was just saying that during the week that they're trying to forget about last year, build maybe on, on some of the results and performances, but this year was a, a totally new new year for them. Some great scoring in that division. Yeah, there was really into what Nadine pointed out with their ma as well. Like yeah. That was huge for them to go down and down to Leach and score as high as they did. Um, the Cavan um, Tyrone game was live on Facebook, actually, so that was one of the uh, the new live cast that they're doing um, the LGFA and that was very good actually to be able to see that like it was very good quality um, Cavan would be slightly up against it I'd say though because you know Toronto are coming off a big win and yeah. they'd be very confident and they're playing the whole way to the end of September so you know then after that probably had to play club games so the girls would have been in better shape as well probably they'd have a little bit more on Cavan um, but there's good strength and depth in Cavan to um, I suppose new players coming in as well like so it is it's very you know there's a lot of exploring going on during the leagues with all of these players and a lot of new names that are going to be, um, I suppose, household names are new to the county, each county, respective county after uh, these leagues. Yeah, exactly. Um, in Division 3, we had Roscommon beat Wicklow by 10 points. Um, Kildare needed a stoppage time goal to beat Longford. I was at that game. Um, they'd been up by 8 points at one stage and Longford would probably miss chances and the ball in the final third letting them down to get something out of that game. Down had a very good win um, over Offaly. They beat them by 4 points, 6-7 to 3-12 and the Sligo-Meath game was called off. You know, it's going to be a tough division, that Division 3, Diane. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. Um, I'm delighted for them because they've, you know, they're, they've had it tough for the last couple of years as well. But they're doing so much work at the underage, um, you know, like from the under 14s, under 16s, and obviously that work has been done for the last few years, and now it's starting to come to fruition for them. So I think them will keep improving. Um, Roscommon will be definitely a team to watch this year. Um, I think that they they're shown with their results that they mean business as well, um, and they seem to be doing quite well. I'd have loved to have seen the results of the Sligo Mead game. Because um, that would be very, uh, I'd imagine that would be very yeah. competitive. And yeah, from looking at the Twitter updates, Denise, it looks like that Longford just just lost out really just at the, the bitter end. Yeah, they did. Uh, Nadine, I suppose you're going to agree with Diane and um, I do too that you look at, 
you know, Mead are obviously the favourites and talking mm. to the Kildare manager yesterday, Daniel Hulam, they're the team to um, beat. But you've got Roscommon, Kildare got, you know, got got the points on the board as well. It's going to be a very tight division. Yeah, really tight division. And just looking at it, you know, Sligo, Mead, Down, Kildare, they all spend a lot of time in Division 2 in the last yeah. couple of years, you know, so there'd be players left still playing, I suppose, who would have years' experience behind them. Um, Mead, I think it'd be hard to look past Mead, to be honest. They'd still be kicking themselves after that defeat to Tyrone. They'd be expecting to build on that, and they're a very young team, and I'd imagine their aim is, first and foremost, to win Division 3, get out of there, and get back to Crow Park. Um, I think their captain, though, from last year, Neva Sullivan, she's gone travelling, so she'd be a big enough loss, but... Um, Katrina Shotnessy, who would have been on the lead panel for a long time, she's back. And I think there's a girl, Anya Kyo, who would have been an All-Ireland Camogie winner. She's in. So they've strengthened their panel really on last year. And yeah, I couldn't really... They'd be challenged, definitely, um, with those teams you mentioned. But I'd imagine they'll um, they'll get out of Division 3, yeah. In Division 4, just one game. The All-Ireland Junior Champions, Limerick, they defeated Louth by one point. So um, it was always going to be a tight game, that game, Nadine, and it proved it. Yeah, um, looking at that game, I thought that could be the league final yeah. this year again. Um, very tight game. Limerick could be delighted. Um, I suppose having beaten Lyles in the final um, in September, um, there would have been a few, I'd say, good few tussles there. Um, but they'd be delighted with that. And I'd, I'd tip Limerick to definitely get back, get out of Division Four and keep building. Diane, um, talking to Gavin Colley, the new Leitra manager, he was only in the job, not even two weeks, and his big thing was trying to get a team ready for um, Antrim on Sunday. That was his, his goal for the year. Uh, no games, so I suppose it gives him an extra week to prepare. Yeah, I think there was a bereavement or something that um, I'd noticed was the reason that that game didn't go ahead. Um, yeah, and you know what? The week is probably going to go in their favour as well especially in terms of like being in a position where it's, you know, where you're trying to feel the team. You know, I, I think Wexford Camogie are having the same struggles at the moment where um, where they're really, really yeah. struggling to get girls out. And that's an awful situation to see. And I saw with Leith from last year, like that they, you know, there, there, was, there was such low morale within the county and some of the players that I've been speaking to um, with how bad things were there. So please God now with Gavin there and, um, you know, with the new focus and with someone there who's going to put the energy and enthusiasm back into it, that the girls will just come on board. There's, you know, there's so many girls there that love football that are so talented. Um, and I suppose that they just want to know that the systems are right, that um, the right structures are in place for them to, to go out and perform for the county. So hopefully now that, that next week that um, they'll get a good start. Something that I heard over the weekend and it was something that someone actually said to me could you bring it up? Now I've heard about sledging in the men's game and I've seen it at underage level with my own club, you know, players you know, stuff being said to them but um, ladies games now whatever about tackles and fouls and all that, you know, there's injuries and things like that pick up in games but saying things to be little players um, is just terrible and I know it's done quietly so referees can't do anything about it. Diane, have you heard about sledging in the ladies game? Was there anything like that when you were playing and, and um, you know, when you were managing as well? Um, Irish, there have been small bits and pieces kind of said to people at the time and all the rest of it but I, I think that you would kind of be tough enough in your own head to be able to understand like that if someone is saying something like that to you, the chances are you're probably playing very well or they're trying to 
put you down in terms of reducing your confidence or you know you're the threat and you're the one that's causing the problems to them and that's why they need to resort to uh to that level so yeah there would have been little bits and bobs said along the way but you know from my own point of view i think i i'd have been kind of hardy enough and prepared for whatever it might be nadine yourself were you ever on the, the uh, no i was never on the receiving end of it um to be honest, I probably said a few things I shouldn't have said myself, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> but, you know, no, not in terms of sledging. You know, there'd be comments passed or yeah. whatever. But I think uh, there's homophobic slurs being yeah. said now. I've definitely heard of, of that. Um, people I know have been, um, yeah, verbally abused homophobically on the pitch. And it's it's shocking. It's pretty, you know, to go that low. Um, and then, yeah, again, on <clears throat> younger players, things have been said. Um, and there's just no place for it in the game, really. You know, you can you can have a chat back and forth and, and stuff like that. But when it comes to something personal, and I think now with, you know, social media and and different things, you know, a lot more is in the media now. The yeah. players are able to find out more about their opposition. And, yeah, it's creeping in for sure. Um, and it's just not, just no place for it, really. I know it's only the first weekend of games, but I was at a game yesterday. I was at, you know, a, a ladies' game yesterday, a men's game today, and just the difference in fouls and how fouls are perceived and sim bins. And I'm just wondering, there's a few sim bins yesterday that I was scratching my head from both sides. Are referees, Nadine, do you find quick to flash yellow cards instead of kind of giving players warnings? Oh, I don't. I mean, in ladies' football, I just, my frustration with refereeing is it's just so inconsistent. Yeah. Um, it really is. You could have a ref one weekend who will let the game flow, but in, then the following weekend you could have a ref who interprets a foul as something completely different to the week before. Like I found it very frustrating as a player, and um, found it probably more frustrating as a coach. You were losing players to sin bins when it wasn't. And what annoys me most a lot of the time about yellow cards, the ref would often balance out. You know, if somebody's in the sin bin, they'd be, you know, they'd be more eager then to maybe flash the yellow card to the other team to, to even it out. So it's just the inconsistency, Denise, and I just don't understand it, that it's still going on. Um, I don't know if refs do their courses or, you know, I know they're meant to do something every year, um, like a testing or whatever it is, or I don't know. I just feel it's so inconsistent and at the top level, which is, you know, it's pretty, it's not acceptable really in an inter-county match, even at any goal match, you know, when we watched yeah. it. Um, you know, he was calling things in the first half that weren't fouls and then about the same thing in the second half and it wasn't called. And you're just really frustrated as a manager, you know, um, and as players, absolutely as players as well. I mean, Donegal gave away so many frees and I would have felt that a lot of them really weren't frees. You know, they were yeah. very disciplined. Um, and had Dublin a free taker yesterday, Donegal might have lost that match. Mm. Now, undeservedly, but, you know, they could have. So, yeah, just inconsistencies and it's frustrating. Yeah, Diane, we brought that up before about um, inconsistencies and just after the first weekend, you know, it seems to be a problem again. And it's it's ruining games and I know to error is human, but, you know, some decision might cost a team and prove very costly for a, for a manager. Yeah, like you've seen, like, the calls from, we say, um, the Cork Camogie team recently and other Camogie teams. Yeah that they yeah. need to change the rules so that it becomes a better game. Um, like at the moment, you have, you know, powerhouses of teams, senior county teams, and, you know, going all the way through all the different grades, all doing strength conditioning. Um, so they're much stronger, faster, and fitter than probably what they were when these rules were designed for the game, where it would be uh, not a non-contact sport. 
Now, like everyone watching ladies football knows that this non-contact is a load of cod. Like, it's, it's, it's the farthest thing from it now. And then the variation is in, so let's say from Niall McCormick's point yesterday, he will go to the letter of the law, to what the text is, the actual rule, play advantage if he can, and then, you know, whatever the case might be, take someone if they, they do a foul afterwards. The difficulty that I have with it is that, you know, the letter to the law in how it's interpreted could be more physical uh, one particular day. And then, as Nadine said, you would have another F and, you know, you get a sin bin for what would have been just a take or a foul from another referee. Like, it's so difficult to even coach teams and for players to understand. It's very frustrating for them on it. Um, and, like, looking at it yesterday, like we said, the Donegal and Dublin games, it, it was like... You know, there's quite often times where players didn't need to put their hands on the player. And you're really not supposed to put your hands on the player's back or whatever, like in defending. And that's the thing, you see. Because in that position where there's two or three players swarming a forward, it looks really bad. Whereas that same thing could happen out the field and it could be one-on-one or you're you're putting a corner forward, you're, you're trying to zone a corner forward into the sideline or around that area. And you'll do the same thing and it won't be a free. So it's kind of like nearly this almost like hot areas on the field where you can do one thing and it'll be a foul and uh, you could do the same thing somewhere else and it'll just be advantage if you get me. So it's, yeah. um, th- the rules are the rules are just very grey. And if you play to the letter of the law, sure, the whistle will be blown every two minutes. Very mm. true. I know you two ladies, very busy ladies. Would you take up the whistle? Would you like to take up the whistle? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's something that wouldn't interest me, never interested me. But uh, one of my very good friends, actually, Lorraine O'Sullivan, I would have played football with her in Donegal um, and up in Messina in Dublin. She's a referee. She was actually down to ref one of the Division 4 games today. Um, and she loves it. She's been refing in Dublin a couple of years and now she's on the national panel. Um, but she asked, she asked a few of us there during the week to be her um, umpiring team, but uh, wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't have time to be honest, yeah. but no, refing our umpire no wouldn't wouldn't be top of my list now. What about yourself, Diane? I, if no, you weren't so busy, no, it it certainly wouldn't be attractive um, for me. But I can understand why you know people would be yeah. like some people go down the coaching route or some people go down you know other training and development routes. Some people go down you know refereeing, umpiring, and so on and so forth. You never know. I might do the umpire course one of the days, Denise. So, um, you know, you can tell Lorraine that I she can give me a shout then if I get. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we we'll see. Myself. So it'd be another TV appearance for you then, Diane. Um, you well, know, I have to get qualified first, Nadine. When you have, you mentioned Lorraine, former players. I think you know that should be something that, um, you know, trying to encourage former players. See, it's a bit of people don't want to be referees because obviously the abuse they're going to get. And then if a certain referee makes a, a cock-up of a game or that, then obviously they are going to get a certain level of, yeah. of abuse. So it kind of works both ways. But should yeah. they kind of encourage more players themselves into the game? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I suppose that like, we're sitting here talking about refereeing and standards of refereeing as former players. And I think when you actually play the ladies' football game, yeah. you're, I suppose, in a better position to referee it the way you... It should be refereed. You know, like the majority of referees are men who didn't obviously play ladies football, you know, and yeah, and like I know down the country, um, in different counties, you'd have referees who would have ref men's games their whole career and then they do the odd ladies game and they don't actually know the rules. You know, yeah. they don't, they really don't. So yeah, I'll encourage informer players, definitely. I think that's it's something that the LGFA should perhaps 
really focus in on um, because it would improve standards across the board. So if they got some kind of incentive um, to encourage former players, for sure. Yeah, yeah and a lot of clubs are doing it now. Um, you know, they're they're having like, you know, the junior referees in the clubs, I see, um, just around the clubs in Dublin anyway. They have like some of the kids just qualifying. So I think that's really good yeah. as well. And that's the way yeah. of getting them. And they're all current players. So, yeah. you know, like that's kind of uh, a nice way of having them like integrate into refereeing as well. Yeah, because as you said, you know, these are people that, especially with the men that haven't played the game. Now, in my own county, Longford, uh, um, she was Michelle Hanafy. She's still well able to play and has been playing football, but she's refereeing now. And, it's you know, it's great to see her. And she's someone that knows the game because you know about a missed time tackle and you know well yeah. the conditions and everything like that. Even our, even ourselves on the line, you kind of know if, if someone meant it or if, you know, if someone, oh, it was one of those oh, missed time tackles. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You can just read it better because you've been in that position yourself mm. as a player, um, and then as a ref, you're in a better position just to read the game. To you know the rules, so and how you interpret them, then you're going to interpret them as if you were a player. So it just makes sense, really. I know it's a wet, miserable day, but it is great to um, have the games back. And as I said, you know the buzz just during the week in Crow Park. What are you looking forward to, Nadine, in the league? Um, I suppose yourself for Donegal getting to a, to a league final. Are you hoping to see a, a few um, new players unearth it? Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to the rest of Donegal's campaign for sure. Um, seeing those young girls there last night, um, they were just, as I said before, they were so fantastic. And it's very exciting times for Donegal. You know, Yvonne will be back for championship. Yeah. Um, you could say yesterday she wasn't missed, really. Um, so she'll be a brilliant addition. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how Dublin go as well. I really wasn't impressed with them yesterday. Um, I think it was, you know, I know it's only early days and they probably went back training late, but you could say they kind of had a second string team out yesterday. Um, and I just, I don't think they're going to be up to it. Um, the new players who come in, I don't know if they'll be near the pitch come the business end of things. You know, I don't think Dublin have the depth that people think they have when it comes to their panel. Um, a lot of people talk about how, you know, Dublin have yeah. 25 player service. I personally don't think they do. I think their full back line could be very weak this year and it's there to be exploited. Leah Caffrey, she's gone. Um, and the people who are, I suppose, could come in, Dee Murphy and Sinead Finnegan, um, just not sure if, if they'll fill that hole that Leah has left. Um, so I'm just looking forward to see how Bowen approaches the next game um, because he went out with an experimental team there and it did not work. And, and I think very obvious without Sinead O'Hearn up front, they looked very, very average. There's no structure. Yeah, they're really, I mean, up front, they really looked all over the place. There was no composure. Their decision-making was terrible. It wasn't there. Um, and the only real threat was Lindsay Davey when she came on. So, like, Nicole Owens and Carla Rowe were there, but it's clear that they need a, you know, a group, a good group of strong forwards around them to perform. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how they react now if they bounce back next week and what kind of team he puts out each week. Um, I'm looking forward you, to following that. Do you think he'll bring back all the players that are kind of on their break at the moment? Um, I don't think he'll bring them all back together at the same time, but I think he'll start a few more next week than what he did today. Um, you know, fair play to him. It was great. For him. He gave those girls a chance and he'll give them another chance, I'd say, no doubt. 
But uh, yeah, a lot of them look now that they weren't up to the pace and they're not going to be. Um, so last see year as go. well was a huge year for Dublin because, especially in the league, they were after winning the All-Ireland. They finally got the, mon- the monkey off their back and mm-hmm. they wanted to win that league. They'd never won Division 1 and it was a huge thing for them. And you could see it even in the final, Diane. They so wanted that win. Yeah, they absolutely did. They put everything into it. Um, and, you know, they worked so hard for that game. They just blew Mayo off their feet altogether. Um, you know, and the conditions were so warm and so hot. And Dublin were just ruthless and relentless in the, the running and the pace and the tempo and closing Mayo down. You know, they were they were really at, you know, I suppose you can nearly say they looked peak and Mayo just didn't. Yeah. Mayo actually looked flat in their feet that day. I think their warm-up was, it just looked really long in that kind of weather and, um, they just didn't perform at all on the day, which is very disappointing. Um, it's great that we're talking about Mio, their exploits on the field and not off the field. And, you know, Peter spoke about it on Tuesday. I think that's it. Um, all done and dusted. Um, very good win today. Uh, you know, what are you hoping for overall in the league and then as a Mio woman for your own county? Yeah, like for my own county, uh, you know, you just want to put the past behind you now yeah. at this stage, you know, really, and just leave it there and, moving forward as positively as you can with the focus being on the players um, and, you know, how they're going to play on the pitch, how they're going to gel, how they're going to support each other and putting everything into practice that they've been training for for the last couple of months. And I'd say they were mad for road today and I'd say they were mad to just get going and get that ball thrown in and just get down to what this is really all about, um, you know, and playing football. Uh, they'd like to, I'd say, they'd be very, they'd be really, I suppose, ambitious in, wanting to get back to a league final um, while they're still trying out players and they have a huge panel. I think I think there's still 40 on the panel, but yeah. I'm not quite sure. Um, and, you know, I think moving forward, today was a great step for them. And I know, you know, they're going to play, um, well, I know they're actually going to play Dublin in two weeks' time. So I think from my own point of view, that's going to be really interesting to, you know, what Nadine was saying there about how many he'll bring back. Yeah. You know, will he really, because really, you don't want Dublin to be sitting in Crow Park again and, and lose. You know, I I don't think they'll really like that, especially that they're so familiar with the place now, and it's like a, nearly a home pitch. They're on equal par as men, um. So yeah, it'll be a big day for Mayo coming up there as well in two weeks' time, and I I just know like from thinking about it, and from what um, Peter Lee had said during the week um, on that interview with you, Denise, he'd rather Dublin were later in the year. Yeah. Um, which you can understand as well. Um, but you know, Mayo really will have to go hard for that game as well, and set a marker. Well, we're just going to look at the fixtures now for next week. Uh, lots of tasty games. Um, Division 1, all these games are going to be on Sunday. We've Monaghan against Galway. Donegal against Mayo. Uh, girls, you know, we'll keep you split. Dublin travel <laughs> to Tipperary while Westmeath entertain Cork. Um, Nadine, psych- psychic Nadine, we'll let you go first <laughs> on how you think those games will go. Um, I think Donegal will... They push past Mayo. The fact they're at home mm. and coming off such a really, really good win, um, I'd say. Now, I'd, I'd say they'll sneak it. It'll be be tight. Um, be interesting to see how McBoven lines out against Tipperary. Yeah. Um, you'd imagine Dublin will edge that, um, and he'll come out with a few more big guns. Um, with me, at home to Cork. Like Cork only scored five points Point today, there. which was yeah. And I think two of those points came in injury time. Um, you know, I'd say they'll they'd probably um, beat Westmead. Um, Westmead are at home, probably on the Astro, but I'd say Cork will, will probably take that. And then the final fixture, Monaghan and Galway. Galway. 
yeah, I think Galway will take that. I don't think Monaghan are going to fix things in a week. Um, and Galway seems to be going very, very well. So Galway to take that one. Over to you, Miss Ahora. Yeah, I'd probably agree with um, what Nadina said there, apart from the Donegal Mayo game. <laughs> <laughs> because I have to, and I'm loyal. Of course um, you were. We all are. No, our counties. I see. You know what? I I do think um I do think Donegal could have that little bit more on Mayo because you know Donegal had a very very tough test yesterday. I mean, there was everything going against them in terms of first appearance in Crow Park in years, like the nerves, all of those aspects. New players in, um, and they handled it really, really, really well. Like the complete underdog on the day, um, and I just think that I think that what Mayo have like in um in what they offer now in terms of fitness, um. You know, it might be too soon for them to take Donegal next week, but I think they'll definitely give it a good crack. And having Dana Finn in midfield is a huge, huge plus to them, and Rachel Kearns up front. So, um, Mayo are just going to have to make sure not to leave uh, their goals exposed to the Donegal forward line because, you know, that could be the difference on the day. I don't think Westmead will be Cork because I think Cork will be actually hurting after that yeah. yesterday. It's, it's, um, you know, they might be a little bit embarrassed that it was such a huge loss. Tipperary will lose. Dublin will be Tipperary, I'd imagine. Um, and then it doesn't look like Monaghan are really, you know, they're really in a place right now where they'll be able to beat Galway, who are an absolute flying point. Yeah. Right, Diane, we'll go on to Division 2. And on Saturday, Kerry play Waterford. It's uh, an all-monster tie. Then on Sunday, Wexford take on Clare. It's an Ulster derby between Armagh and Cavan. Cavan manager James Daly up against his uh, own county and then Tyrone play Leash. Yeah, looking at Armagh and Cavan, I think that'll be a very yeah. tough game. Um, you know, both teams will know each other extremely well. Um, you know, but there's a lot of personnel changes again, so there's a lot of unpredictability in it. Um, I probably think that Cavan will win that. Um, between Wexford and Clare, I think that the chances are very high that Clare will probably win that because Wexford again are they just seem to be just trying to bring things in together, um, so it might be a little bit too soon for them. Um, Tyrone, I would imagine, would beat Leash, um, because again, you know, they did really well today. They've come off intermediate All Ireland title, um, and I just think they'll offer a little bit too much, and it's at home as well to Tyrone, I think. So the Kerry and Waterford game, that's the one I wouldn't really be able to call. I'd say that would be very tight. Um, with that particular game and I think that between the results that both of them are having I think that it, that could just end up in a draw or just you know only a point or two in the difference Nadine how do you see those games going? Um, yeah, I'm going to tip our mat to be Cavan um, uh, I think Cavan put up that big score this week um, they, they they look very impressive um, and Cavan I don't know if Cavan have their full you know panel together yet Um so I'll go with Armagh there. Um, I think Clare will beat Wexford. Um, they they will not comfortably. I could see Wexford struggling this year. Um, if they stayed up, I think they'd be delighted with that at the end of the year. Uh, Tyrone against beat Leash. Um, just I feel Tyrone are on the crest of a wave at the minute, and home advantage should go with them. And yeah, Kerry and Waterford. I, I'm going to edge Kerry. I think simply because they're at home. Um, and I know Waterford. You know, put a got a few results over them last year so they'll probably be hurting from that um, so I'll go carry to edge that one but it'll be very tight as Dan said Right uh, Nadine in Division 3 Wicklow are at home to Down Meath take on Offaly so it'll be Meath's first game Kildare play at Roscommon that'll be a nice one and then Longford are at home to Sligo and then 4 Derby Yeah so I'd say Down again after such an impressive um, display today to beat Wicklow um, I think Meath will will take the points against Offaly. 
Um, Kildare and Roscommon should be a great game, actually. Um, but maybe Kildare with their home advantage and Langford Sligo. I don't know what way that will go, actually. Um, might the fact Sligo haven't had a game yet. Mm. Um, and Edge Longford maybe on that one. Yourself, Miss O'Hora, you have three former teams now in that division as well, just looking at it. Yeah, so down to win against Wicklow, Meads um, against Offaly. Yeah. Um, I think Roscommon will beat Kildare. And um, Longford and Sligo. Hmm. That's going to be a tricky one now. I don't know which way to call this one. I know the Sligo are very, very, very ambitious. Yeah. And they're just losing out at the top tier in semi-finals year after year. Uh, in championship and I know even myself when I was with Down we were lucky to get past Sligo the, the year we won the All-Ireland um, so I'd actually pick Sligo for that game Ooh. I know Longford have had they have a game under their belt I haven't seen them play um, and they put up a great performance against Kildare and the pressure is actually on Sligo because you know you'd imagine Longford yeah. would be able to hit the ground running that bit more so I'm nearly talking myself out of tipping Sligo now <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, right. along for keep your money keep your money then <laughs> right Diane then we'll move on to Division 4 and hopefully we'll have we'll have games next weekend Leitrim take on Derry so Gavin Cawley hopefully will get his first game there with Leitrim Louth are up against Kilkenny Limerick play Carlow and then it's a nice one it's an Ulster derby between Antrim and Fermanagh yeah and usually when Antrim play Fermanagh there's very little between them mm. actually so that's going to be very very tight um, I'd imagine that Derry will, will beat Leitrim, you know, just from a point of view of familiarity yeah. and how well Derry has been going um, and how much they're putting into it. And I know that you were talking to some of the Derry team themselves yeah. last week at the launch and, you know, they're working very hard. Yeah, they're saying um, they're focusing on the league now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for them. And if you focus on it, it means you've been ready for the last couple of months or yeah. getting ready. Um, with Loud as well being all Ireland finalists, I'd imagine that they'll be Kilkenny. And I, you know, would expect that Limerick, with the good result that they had today, they'll be Carlo. Yourself, Nadine? Yeah, I'd agree with all those. Um, Limerick and Loud um, to come out on top and Fermanagh to edge Antrim. And yeah, if Derry have that much momentum behind them, it might just be a bit too early in the year for Leitrim to, to win that one. Girls, some exciting things happening with sports talk over the next couple of months. But uh, the new thing is our new award, the piano lifter. Um, it's actually a term that came from the legendary Cork hurler, Sean O'Gohelping. He's a great way of fra- phrasing things. So we're going to be on the lookout for players who basically do the work, you know, win the dirty ball, get in the tackles you know, win vital vital possession. Sometimes forwards get all get all the glory, you know, the ones that score the points or score the goals, but it could be someone in the half back line or midfield or whatever, or even the goalkeeper that um done it. So it's it's a great way of kind of giving players that might get noticed a bit of uh publicity. Yeah, and like um I saw your interview there that you'd done with, with Enda as well in Longford and I would only know from my own point of view mm. like I'd agree totally with, you know, Leanne Keegan mm. as one of these players to be recognised. And I know that you and I spoke about it as well last week. Like, it's, you know, she's she's a defender. And one of the things Nadine and myself and yourself were talking about last week is that it, it's players like that that don't seem to yeah. get the recognition. And it means the absolute world to them. And you know yourself when you put in a shift as a defender, God, it's, it's hard work like. And, you know, forwards kind of end the privilege position where somebody else has worked so hard to get the ball into their hands so they can just stick it over 
Um, not to know. I'm not demeaning the work of a forward, but I'm just saying it's, I think it's a fantastic award and it's great for people and especially players that don't tend to get the spotlight and the recognition and their name um, you know, up in the headlines because of all the scores they've got. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, Nadine, um, it's going to be the three of us that we'll be picking. We'll, we, you know, we kind of have a glance over games or go to games ourselves and um, hopefully kind of pick players over the, the division. So it'll give a player a chance to uh, get their name out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant idea, it really is. And um, as Diana say, you know, often it, it is the forward or the, the key forward. Um, because I suppose over the last couple of years, Media has very much increased on coverage of ladies football and that's fantastic. So I suppose other names are getting out there. But, you know, there was a long time whereby the people doing the reports are reporting. They only knew the four or five players on yeah. each team and there wasn't much of an effort made to get to know anybody else. Um, so I think with this as well, it's a, it's a great way to just give those players who deserve it a lift. You know, like just one in particular I felt there in the Donegal team, Megan Ryan, mm. the young 16-year-old. She uh, she was outstanding in that match and she covered nearly every blade of grass in Crow Park. Um, and like that, it was the dirty work, the dirty yeah. ball up and down the pitch. And I know she's a forward, but Neil Hager, she does that week in, week out for Donegal and I feel doesn't get enough credit either. <laughs> you know, she on Saturday, she was absolutely unbelievable. If you just watch her performance alone, um, hands down, that kind of player, you know. We've watched uh, men's and ladies' games this weekend and I know conditions weren't great today in Longford for the men's game. But I tell you, the game yesterday, the ladies' game in Edwardstown between Kildare and Longford was a far better spectacle. I'm just finding with our game and and it's great to see, you know, even the Facebook Live today getting it out there. I hope it doesn't stop people from going to games. But we've a fantastic product. Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, the Donegal match, the number of kicks in the match is brilliant and just more of a spectacle. Um, And I think a lot of people are realising that, you know, neutral supporters, you might say, that they're appreciating um, ladies football for what it is now. It's pure football, you know, Um, and it's much, just much more exciting than than a lot of men's matches. Um, The men's games, at times, yeah, you'll get good ones, but... God, I just held the championship last year, so it was hard to watch at times. So hopefully the ladies' games do get more recognition out there now, and it does encourage that supporter, let's say, to come, come to our matches. Benefits on that as well, like, I think is the fact that, like, in ladies' football, you have, you know, senior, intermediate, and junior. And it just means that you're, you know, not having, like, well, the idea is that you don't have like such a huge gap between, we say, a scoreline even of one team um, and another. And like, yeah, you will say if you look at the senior division, I suppose the versus mid wouldn't be um, doing as well in senior. Like, yeah, there could be a huge gap in that. But when you get two teams like on level, on a level par, you know, two good teams like any of the All Ireland finals in the last couple of years, the absolute spectacle. That's what's getting people mm. to come to these matches in over fifty thousand. It's the same as the National League finals. Like it's a brilliant day in Parnell Park or wherever it's going to be this year. And just such competitive games like and there's so much to pay for to get for promotion. And um I just see that it's just compared to if you do compare it to other games, it's so much better to watch and it's so enjoyable. Well, that's exactly it. Thank you, Diane O'Hora and Nadine Doherty for joining me this evening. It's great to be back and it's great to be back talking all things GAA and, of course, a little bit of everything else. So until next week, Slongafall.